millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Jules Gill, I have four words for you and four words only. Oh, wah, ah, ah, ah. I uh, hope you're doing well. I'm going to re- retort with, oh, wah, na, na, na. I am not <laughs> listening to Disturbed. It is, uh, let me just check my watch here, 2022. Uh, the obsolete uh, is, is calling for their solete back. Oh, do you know what? I mean, if we were in the office together, you would have heard this song by now. But uh, to the uninitiated, Disturbed have a new song. I, and it sounds exactly like the songs that they've always done. It's I a, mean, it's cr- a to the, them the, for sticking stick to their guns, man. I mean, I, you can you never fault them for that. But at the same time, <laughs> maybe it's time to retire those firearms. You know, I think it is. It's a fine song, and that's about it. It's called "Hey You," where he just sort of goes "Hey Yo" over and over again. And I, I mean, that doesn't sound know. great. You're not selling it to me, mate. It's not great. Uh, it's not. It's not the infection. I'll say. Is it at it's least not. better than the new Architects song? Yes, but so so is many like my wife just got diagnosed with COVID. I think she's having a better time than listening to the new Architect song. I so, was so disappointed yeah. because it's like from where they came from, the likes of Hollow Crown, when they were stonkingly mm. heavy. Then they did that whole sort of concept album style thing. And I was like, okay, cool. I can dig this kind of like thricey elements here. Mm-hmm. And then it came to this situation where it's just like, hey, you know what's popular? Um Bring me the horizon dragons. was yeah and imagine dragons it's like nah man nah not for me pass i don't know there's i mean th- uh, yeah i i can't fault them i can't fault the reach i can't fault them going okay we should have a song that maybe might break into the um in the billboards top yeah. 50 or whatever we should we should reach in that direction because we've only been getting more melodic over the years but i think it's it's not a great song i think the riff is yeah. a bit naff I, I, um, the thing yeah. is is that like it reminds me of like uh, i can't remember where i read this quote but it was somebody describing how um if you ever read a band giving an interview uh about oh the heavier parts are heavy and the melodic parts are more melodic that right. screams of a studio cramping down on their style to mm. make them more pop friendly so that they can get their songs out on more avenues mm. and this to me it feels like somebody behind the scenes has twisted their arm and been like hey lads do you want to actually like make some money now do you want to go on the like bring me the <laughs> not the bring the um the bullet for my valentine uh, method of right, completely right. i'm not using the term selling out but mm. just completely changing where you started to just go let's just do 
do stadium rock. Let's just get kinda. as many bums in seats as possible. That's kind of like the new Beartooth stuff. Like, I mean, I really like Below. It's just inoffensive, isn't it? It's just like, okay, yeah. like, if I ever wanted um, elevator music in hell, then that's it. Because it's basically like metal, 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 blah, 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 by there the numbers, should, metal. There should absolutely be an album called Elevator Music in Hell. That would be brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> just bring it together. But anyway, welcome to the UBP, apparently the yes. music podcast. <laughs> we've got we've got to get it out somewhere. It's, it's yeah. got to be done somewhere. But yeah, this is the Entitled Partner Podcast, where we always get through as many questions and uh, thoughts and whatever you send in as possible. I'm Maximum Scott four. Joined Maximum by Jules Gill. Hello, everyone. Yes, I forget what you said there. I sort of talked over you, but that's. Oh, the I was just saying maximum four questions that we ever answer. <laughs> hey, I've got a, I've got a lovely little selection here, so we'll get Go through as many as we can. I do want to do a very quick PSA though, oh. because a lot of people will be checking out the Resident Evil show this weekend. I watched all of that last night. It's abysmal. So oh. just know that it's. Just terrible and just sort of go in not wanting a Resident Evil show and just just a cool little show kinda it's pretty bad anyway but it does it is tied to the Resident Evil name and maybe that'll get you through it just know that it has nothing to do with Resident Evil oh so we're basically looking at what the TV equivalent of Resident Evil Umbrella Core was a game that Kinda. had the Resident Evil name and IP but had no connection Literally, to any sort like, of gameplay or uh, ethos of it at all. It's kind of like the Halo show. It's just sort of like, here's a story that we were going to do. Halo show, like the Cuphead <laughs> show. Just kind of like, it's everyone's favourite. It's Master Chief. What silly, wacky adventures he's getting up to. Oh, shoot just... somebody in the face with a needler. Well, the thing is, like, the Halo show felt like, okay, you had a different story and then you just sort of called the guy Master Chief and you called all these different elements all this yeah. different nomenclature and um, recognizable stuff and that's what resi feels like and there is a there is like a huge twist in episode seven of, of resident evil where they try and tie it into the entire everything else that's gone before but um right which can would be I, a fun can, okay, thing right. but yeah because the audience at home can't see the video to this i'm hmm. gonna just say some stuff and i'm gonna guess uh, what the <laughs> twist is i haven't seen it i've read it i've nothing about okay. it um, can we just do a thumbs up or a yeah you do down? a thumbs up and what I'll do is okay. I'll just I'll reel off a few of them so that they can't tell which is the one if I actually do hit the nail on the head okay I, I'll be amazed if you get those oh ooh, okay so um, <laughs> do, you, so, do, you want, do you want to give me the setup do you know what the setup uh, it's of actually, the show is it, well, it's actually a prequel right and it's the uh, 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 and it, Oswald Spencer is Wesker and uh, Wesker <laughs> is that is that am I close because I know that he's technically a clone now okay so uh, what about uh, the Cerberus dog is actually uh, a puppy throughout the entire show and it turns into uh, oh wow okay uh, there's uh, the tyrant in this time around isn't actually William Birkin uh, it's actually uh, somebody looking through the portals from Bioshock Infinite oh, okay no that's the, um, the hunk is actually the main character of the show his voice box ripped out he wishes, oh, he wishes. I, I oh. wish there was anything in there that wasn't that more directly relatable to dang, Resident Evil dang it that's... It's, uh, it's a thing it's definitely a thing I, 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 I don't know I'm, I'm kind of with the people going like what the hell is this it feels like it started as a different show entirely and some studio probably Netflix when we can do that if you call that character Albert Wesker and if you call that family the Weskers oh, really? and then it feels blah, blah, that, like disinterested with its own franchise much it's kind of like its own it's just weird it's like a double timeline thing where you've got like the zombie apocalypse in 2036 yeah and then everything that's happening in 2022 um, in Raccoon City it's called New Raccoon City all this stuff's in the trailer but then it's just sort of like what could have possibly happened to trigger the zombie apocalypse and I'm like well that's probably the franchise to be honest you probably sort of did the thing with the virus like, that's not really a mystery is it like you've saw if you show a zombie apocalypse and then a lab like years beforehand you can easily connect the dots yeah that and then seems it takes a very them, like, weird approach to do that hours and hours and hours of oh what really happened and we know what really happened like yeah, but, yeah there's a yeah. little few more wrinkles to it and there is a massive twist like i said in episode seven but it's it's a uh, 
it's a hell of a thing. But anyway, I just wanted to let people know that that show, for as much as like some of the reviews are like nine out of ten. It's nine some out like, of ten, really. Gamespot gave it nine out of ten. I forget who gave it two out of ten, but they were all over the place. I'm very much in the negative. It's a mess camp. I think even if you like d- d- disconnect all the Resident Evil stuff, it's still terribly made and terribly acted. Um, so there's all that to it. But yeah, PSA delivered. So well, I will not be yourself. watching it. I will not be watching it. <laughs> I would love your reaction to it because it's it's a hell of a thing. Uh, but anyway, we'll get through as many questions and stuff as we can. First one from John Wood, who says, what's your take on the announced PlayStation Stars service? Um, it's a bit vague at the minute, but it sounds an awful lot like they're copying Xbox's Microsoft Rewards service, but with added statue and figure rewards. Now, have you seen this stuff so far? I have not seen this. Please fill me in. Stars. So the Stars service is them, is like like uh, John Wood said, their attempt to sort of give you some sort of reward for playing games, which is what Nintendo has and Xbox has. Um, on the Xbox side, they tend to give you like high street vouchers um, and various sort of tie-in deals to, you know, go to restaurants and whatever. Sometimes they're game related, but it's very, I don't think they've ever let you just buy a new game based on the right. Xbox, you know, gamer score that you got by getting achievements. Um, on the Nintendo side, it's just lame. It's just sort of like, here's a, a phone wallpaper or like a sticker that you can put on, right. like, you know, whatever. It's never like anything meaningful. Um, PlayStation got out there, um, it would have been yesterday, and announced their PlayStation Star service, which they've said um, will let you um, have access to certain deals on the PlayStation Store based okay. on whatever trophies you get. They also said one of the things that they're exploring is the idea of if you're the first person to get a platinum in your local time zone, um, which feels like that'll be like an insane gold rush at like midnight, people trying to get the yeah. first platinum. Um, and then, yeah, in regards to um, statues and figure rewards, um, they're digitized versions of them. So I don't know how that's going to play in, but they've said that they can give you, it's sounds like merchandise, but it's all digitized. But either way, the idea of giving you rewards for playing stuff. Isn't that, um, going back to the uh, first person to platinum a game in mm. your local area, is that not going to cause conflict with people who have early access copies of the game? Like, I know that reviewers and stuff are given codes that are obviously sometimes kept off the grid, but as soon mm-hmm. as you're then allowed to jump back on, you get full access the same as it's everyone else. because that was one of the first things that, because I tweeted saying like, you know, that this whole thing about like a midnight platinum is going to be brutal. And someone said that. I was like, what, what's the, what, are, what is up with reviewers getting access to it? They've not said, but I have to assume that the actual like timer on this stuff isn't going to go live until the public launch. Right. But yeah, but then right. you, you, you would pre out all the other trophies. Yeah. yeah, unless they do a thing now where they're going to sort of um, uh, keep trophies offline and then they mm. suddenly come online. But even then you'd still Maybe. earn them. In that, and actually yeah. that would annoy me more if I'd gone halfway through a game and then I had to go back and replay the game in order to unlock the trophies. Again. That's happened to me before but, that happened when I reviewed uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. But here's a question though, like mm-hmm. you've already got the PlayStation Plus discounts that for games. Does this yeah. mean that you're going to get a double discount or you're going to get a sort of mid-tier discount that is less than the PlayStation Plus things? I don't or know. Is this going to be a paid service as well that's tied into no, the... No, so, uh, so they've said the, the having a Stars membership is free and then, I mean, that's the thing. It, like he says in, the, uh, in his question, it is quite vague at the minute. There's a blog post about right. it, and that's okay. it. Um, and they love but, their blog post to just oh, detail. Like, it's seriously, it's the biggest thing, announcement yeah. in the world. Let's just uh, do a little font text there. But yeah, let's go. <laughs> we've got a 15 second CG trailer, but we've got the blog post. Lads. I'll put it on MySpace. People will see it. <laughs> put it on uh, Bebo. Yeah, yeah. It's always one of those Hotel. Where... Let's go. <laughs> but it's like one of those things where it's like, especially with the likes of God of War, like people were screaming to know more about that, and then it was revealed that they had a blog 
post ready to go and a tiny little CG teaser and we eventually managed to get it. But yeah, everything seems to be coming through their blog uh, at the minute and their latest thing is this PlayStation Star service, which okay. I like the idea of, you know, if you play a whole ton of games like I do or you, you know, cane a specific game and you get a platinum or whatever, that they can reward you for that. I think that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. I think the idea of it has always been way greater than the reality of it. Like I said, the Nintendo side of it and the Xbox side of it have always just been so paltry and so whatever. It's just yeah. sort of, you know, um, I got an Xbox side. It's like, well, we can give you a month of Game Pass. And it's like, well, that's something I already have or whatever. Um, whereas the potential of, you know, you play a bunch of games and they actually give you a voucher for the actual store yeah. and you can buy, you know, it's like a coffee thing. Like you yeah. buy nine and get the 10th free or something. Then um, I like that idea. Yeah, that could work. But I, I, like you say, I feel like trying to tie it to real life stuff obviously means that because it's like different for every location. I mean, mm. like what has value in one area might not have value in another. Mm. Um, and so it's like a case of, do I care if I live out in the middle of the sticks and I've got no sort of like shopping outlets or uh, restaurants or places to eat uh, about getting like a Ben and Jerry's tub for you with my <laughs> Domino's order or whatever. Like, like, no, I don't care about that. Like, it's Yeah. Do you also, did you, were you into PlayStation Home back in the 2000s? Was I into it? I mean, uh, oh, was, is this... No, I'm thinking of Second Life. What's, what's PlayStation? It was very home? similar to Second Life. Oh, oh there it was, was the, yeah. I was on the, the right PS3 ones. thing where it was like you can like make a digital avatar and go play digital pool with your friends and get like a digital apartment and all that kind of stuff. I and remember, just live yeah, in a I, space. I remember looking at it and just being like, that looks like a complete waste of my time. It I was, remember, yeah. but it was cool. I, I liked it, but I mean, I like at the time I had a bunch of friends who were also on it, so we'd meet up after school yeah. or whatever and just play um, uh, play a bunch of games and stuff. And I like the idea of it. But yeah, one of the things that they've mentioned in the blog post is um, getting digital digital statues and digital figurines as a reward for gameplay but i don't yeah. know where the hell they go so isn't like, that just achievements and, and trophies yeah. aren't you just basically giving them a coat of paint like well, that, maybe they're going to refresh the ps5 ui because i guess they're kind of overdue like a dashboard up upgrade anyway because it's been like two years and yeah. then maybe maybe there's a place on the dashboard where you can put your like fake trophies or something i just i remember back in um oh my god 2006 or something um where when playstation home was first being teased and one of the big things they said about it was you would have your little fake apartment your little digital apartment and you would be unlocking uh, items of like statues and trophies and couches yeah, yeah. based on a game and one of the examples given was a devil may cry couch and I remember thinking that'd be the best thing in the world. So I was like, I'll what would play that Devil be? May Cry. Just a, a red leather jacket draped over another red leather couch. <laughs> With a little white arm on it. Just a little white albino side of it. A little pizza yeah, crust like crumbs everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, I like the idea of a customizable space or a customizable dashboard maybe based on what you're playing. Because at the minute, the PS5 doesn't have any themes, um, yeah. anything to put behind it, whereas Xbox has animated stuff or whatever. Um, but yeah, I think it, the potential for it is awesome. I love the idea of a rewards program based on playability. Mm-hmm. but um, so far no one's got it right so maybe they can um, next question from Rich Roberts who says hey gents loving your work and have been through the back catalogue of UBPs well thank you very much cheers mate if you could have your latest console load up with the animations and sounds of any old console what would it be I have PlayStation 4 but I would love the PlayStation 1 loading screens oh, yes. keep up the good work I would PS1 for me as well I think I think it gives you like shivers down the spine in good way mm. whenever you hear that sort of like the tingles I mean I do I do also like the uh playstation 
Division 2 one as well of you moving through the cityscape uh, skyline, which actually oh, yeah. was your... I didn't actually... Your realize, saves or something. Yeah, it was like the amount of space used on your memory card would be how tall the blocks were. And I was like, I never knew yeah. that. That was actually... No, quite- I never knew that. I, mean, my, I don't know about you, but my PS2 like was an absolute liability by the end anyway. It was yeah. a sheer, the sheer look of the draw, whether it would even get to that screen because uh, of the amount that I played it. <laughs> I do enjoy as well the original Xbox with the sort of... Uh, the nuclear reaction of the blob imagine that like your your ps5 or whatever feels like it's almost exploding can't contain <laughs> the power just melting internally yeah speaking of um animated xbox background you can get that you can get the the globulous thing from the original xbox just pulsating away behind um, your xbox which is a great shout um but yeah sony should do that stuff they did on the ps4 like you can get a ps1 anniversary theme and make it sound like the ps1 yeah. so um which yeah i mean if um rich says he has a ps4 then you can literally get that it's nice. called the playstation anniversary theme um but yeah i yeah i would love to take that like the sound packs or something i wouldn't want them to monetize it um too yeah. much but i feel like it, it should be w- on there it would be quite weird to have other consoles work with other consoles like imagine like a gamecube booting, skin on a switch yeah yeah like like booting up your xbox but it playing the gamecube like i think that'd be that'd quite be great i think it's like a selection of um emulations or whatever because that's one of the things that blew me away about emulation on the steam deck is like the curation of it i know this is the most obvious thing to pc people, yeah, yeah yeah but like to me it was like here's like the playstation chunk and it's all themed and it's nice and here's all the ps1 games and they all have artwork and everything yep. and i was like booting into it's like booting into an old headspace or a memory or something it's like i like that overall idea um but yeah i would definitely take ps1 or some sort of skin pack for a switch like give me an n64 um skin pack or something all the colors and everything would be kind of cool i'm just trying to think of like iconic splash screens and you've got like Mm. obviously the ps1 is amazing if you were to go into like publisher specific ones then Sega like just the oh, Sega like is oh with Sonic like, running along the bottom yeah I mean like XMB that is like ultimate good vibes right there yeah. whenever that comes on that's a, yeah Sega's a hell of a shout the, the, this themes in general for consoles feel like the most unexplored thing yeah like there was a time on uh, PS3 and 360 where you could put any image in the background I think there's a way to do that on Xbox but mm-hmm. you can't do anything on PS5 they've just sort of abandoned it assumedly to sell you stuff later and then they never got around yeah, to it yeah true that but um, next question now I do apologize apologize because i never um i must have not copied across the name of this person from weeks gone by and so i have the question but not the name apologies make yourself known in future weeks and we'll give you a shout out and so this comes from someone i don't even know anonymous (laughs) legend will refer to (laughs) and because the question's really really good and who says if a company was to come out and say multiplayer games were dead do you think that we'd get the same reaction we did when it was said about single player games oh <laughs> we've we've been conditioned in, in this day and age to accept multiplayer games as the norm. I mean, you look at mm. the likes of Fortnite, Daisy, of like any sort of battle royale formula, and yeah, that's their entire life is multiplayer centric mm. stuff. Like, it's. I think there would be absolute backlash if people told the world over that you couldn't connect to another player to play. Right, uh, and I do feel like it would be a louder voice than people defending single player. That's what I see. Yeah, there'd be like a weird contingent of players that would be like, "Well, this is just how it was," and we didn't yeah. use to like everything because then it would have to be. I guess if multiplayer games were dead, then you can't have local culture yeah, well, anymore either. My memories, my core memories of gaming, are mm. mostly with friends playing games either against or with that person. Mm-hmm. So if I was told that you had no multiplayer aspects whatsoever, it does remove over half of like those amazing memories. Mm. 
And so See, I, do, I, had, yeah. I, I definitely have the couch co-op stuff. I definitely have local multiplayer. But for me, that did transition into those first few years of Xbox Live. Yeah. And I do play multiplayer stuff every now and then, um, like Knockout City and Rocket League and stuff. So, uh, but yeah, I don't know. Like, imagine like an industry where it was single player only. Part of me would kind of like, like, if you yeah. told me if every company agreed to like a month or two months of single player only games, all the multiplayer servers get shut off and you have to play something worthwhile. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, take that. you would get like such a glut of amazing stories because people would be forced to write interesting hooks for their stuff i mean like in terms of how the game industry would uh evolve if Mm. you just had single player focused stuff then you'd find better crafted tales in order to attract gamers in order to make bigger sales because that would be the only way of doing it because if Mm. you don't have the multiplayer aspects you probably don't have the microtransactions and loot boxes that come with it you'd maybe have downloadable skins and maybe a lot of expansion passes for single player content but it would be story driven like Mm -hmm. in terms of improving the video game industry removing multiplayer probably would actually like turn it into an art form that is much greater than it is now i just love the idea of, yeah if they all agreed on it just so okay this is single player showcase month yeah. and but i mean obviously you'd, the likes of ubisoft warner brothers most of the third parties that love like activision would never agree to it no, it's got no, the amount no. of money that call of duty makes and everyone would be forced to play call of duty campaigns for a month or something it's which quite would make them run away it's so strange isn't it when you think about how homogenized the video game experience has become because mm. of multiplayer what used to be the unique and refreshing thing is now just copy paste across just so there. so many things like <laughs> you could hand me pretty much every uh, modern um sort of shooting game now and it will have nearly exactly the same control scheme it mm. will have all of the same modes it will have all of the same functions you give me a battle royale game it's going to play in the same way and mm. it's like it's that time of the year your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Before we go any further, I want to talk to you about today's sponsor, Masterclass. With the amount of time we spend discussing and analyzing video games on this channel, it's always good to understand exactly how these experiences are put together. And fortunately for me, I can do just that with Masterclass. With Masterclass's streaming service, you can learn from the best to become your best, studying and growing with over 200 plus of the world's leading instructors. For me, I've been having a blast using a class on video game design by The Sims creator Will Wright to find out exactly how game mechanics are designed around player psychology as well as learning how important playtesting is to shipping the titles that you and I both love. But it hasn't stopped there, as I've also been brushing up on my practical filmmaking skills directly from my favourite movie director Martin Scorsese, as well as trying to get back in the cooking game with Roy Choi's amazing course on intuitive cooking. 
Seriously, my kitchen is a mess, but my belly has never been more grateful. For just $10 a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to courses on your phone, computer, smart TV, or even via audio-only modes. Even better, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and 88% of members feel that the service has made a positive impact on their lives. And to put the cherry on top of that cake, right now, What Culture Gaming listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com forward slash gaming. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash gaming. What's that? You want it one more time? Well, that's the URL masterclass.com forward slash gaming. Right, now I'm going to watch Tony Hawk try to teach me how to ollie properly. I'll see you all soon. That's all just because the multiplayer uh, excess, that's what people want because that's mm. what they play. And I think that we lose sight in these uh, the in the current age of we are still the driving factor of the market. We mm. will change what is presented to us depending on what we play. But because we only play the same thing over and over again, we are being fed the same thing over and over again. Oh, yeah. Like, they're, they're only ever going to analyze consumer trends and respond yeah. to them. One thing that's always interesting is that that wider mainstream audience is the most silent, like the silent majority. Like, yeah. I think that if, multi- say, multiplayer games went away, that person who only plays FIFA or only plays Call of Duty um, might tell their game-playing friend what the hell is going on, but, like, it wouldn't kick up a stink in the same way that the games media would. Mm. Um, I Part of me thinks that there would be a whole contingent of people that would welcome it for a while, and then we'd probably get sick of single-player stuff and long to do something you know it'd be too isolating oh we, oh we need something else and then it would, everything would go back around again yeah it'd be interesting um, I, I mean yeah. i can't even imagine what process would begin to engage in the world with no multiplayer like the internet <laughs> would have to die effectively to oh can you imagine it you know the bit what's well, that bit of the simpsons when um is it lionel hutz imagines a world where um, and everyone's like holding hands can you imagine like, a world without lawyers <laughs> yeah exactly it's, it's like, like shuddering on twitter and social media um but yeah i think it would be a hell of a mixed response but part of me would back that i would love a, a shared single player month or something mm. um next question from brandon bressman who says um what games do you think Nintendo still need to add to the Nintendo Switch Online service to make it worth the premium price point? Also, do you guys think that we'll get a Game Boy slash Game Boy Advance virtual console announcement? Now, this has mm. been, it was leaked, but I forget how. I think it was a patent um, saying that, assumedly, the next catalogue of games to come to Switch Online is um, the Game Boy Advance. It's not necessarily the Game Boy, um, but that would be great. What do you think of the Switch Online stuff? Because I don't think, you don't pay for it, do you? I don't, no, no. The thing is, is that, like, I... I love the idea. Well, the thing is, is I love the idea that they're adding in all of these old games, but I have several like devices around, Mm. even just in my local vicinity, that have every single SNES game, every single NES game, (laughs) because they take up like what every single NES game I think comes to like 150 megabytes. Like it's it's insane how small it is, and like the SNES games were like uh, only a kilobytes. I mean, there's that. I remember realizing that um, Legend of Zelda the original, the whole game is smaller. Sorry, is uh, yes. smaller than a picture of its own logo it's mad isn't it it's just the file size of that logo yeah so i'm just kind of like yeah like uh, <laughs> i mean you can you can add all of these games to the switch online service but i'm already playing them in a different different medium or have right, played them. Right. there is no there is no game that they can add to the nintendo switch uh from that era of games mm. that would make me want to buy it because i already have them so that's yeah anyone who's um who's invested in emulation like i like i mentioned the steam deck a lot because that i got that to be that the answer to this yeah. because I feel like the curation on this side is on the Nintendo side especially has not been very good like they in terms of N64 
64 stuff, they got there by adding Pokemon Snap and Banjo and stuff. Yeah. But in terms of their NES and SNES library, um, I'm sure Mario RPG is not on there yet. And it's like they keep adding like ancient games. Do you from, think like, that they my, will you know, ever add the Mario RPG because of the licensing agreement with Square, Soft, Enix, mm. whatever we are at now? Like, I don't know. I, I wonder if they're waiting long enough to like remake it or something because it feels like. I mean, it's weird because it was on the it was on the, the Super Nintendo Mini, like it was on the SNES Mini, but then it wasn't yeah. on the Switch Online service. So it's like, okay, well, something some deal was done to put that mm, on there. Mm. Unless the licensing is you can put the original version of the game on there, and because everything is in HD on the Switch Online service, in theory, then um, it didn't work anymore. But yeah, for me, like I I pay for I just throw money at everything, but I, I got this thing, <laughs> and because uh, I was like, I want to have in sixty four games on my Switch even yeah. though I have an N64 yeah. um, and so I think the N64 side of things is better um, but yeah overall like like you said there's not any one specific game for me it's more an overall curation thing um, I would want them to do like Metroid month and here's Metroid Prime and here's yes. you know, all the Metroids yeah. you know remastered or whatever um, with like maybe specific challenge goals implemented or something like that because they have alternate versions of NES and SNES games mm-hmm. where they'll maybe make you play as a character with a certain build already they did that with the original Zelda um, and I feel like you could do that with Super Metroid like okay we, you know this is a golden challenge get through this level or something like that kind of like sonic origins mission mode or something yeah um something like that they, i think they need to curate it a lot more than just here's a dump of what we found in the cupboard i feel like that would be amazing actually if um mm-hmm. they as a company went in and added new challenges to old games to get mm-hmm. people in to incentivize them to actually come and play these classics more mm-hmm. so than just owning them in general yeah it's a smart well, like plan more though. of like um you know they did um that what was that mario battle royale thing that rich lost yes. himself in yeah 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 and then it just <laughs> went away it's like bye yeah like that idea was great and it's like oh okay they're gonna do this for all the old stuff no nope. like they just do a hundred mario games all side by side um it's a really cool idea when they did tetris 99 and it's like it seems things like that i think is what i want to see more of nintendo yeah. always have a playful um you know sensibility and they need to apply that to more ip i would say um, next question down was just a general thing from Dijin Rav, DJN Rav, um, who says, no one ever talks about Night in the Woods. Could we talk about Night in the Woods? Um, did you play through Night in the Woods? I did. I found it absolutely and utterly charming because mm. um, all of my hipster mates played it like as soon as it came out and were like banging on about it. And mm. that in some ways kind of puts me off a little bit because I think that if, like, no offense to them, but they love some pretty like um, guff sniffy style Monty things. Stuff. Yeah, like, it's, like they, they can be a little bit on the air of pretentious but yeah i really enjoyed this because there's very few times when you can say that a game is heartfelt and say that without mm. a shred of like cynicism or irony but mm. night in the woods captures this sort of feeling of not really knowing what's going on in your life going with the flow having friends of different sort of like backgrounds and uh, mindsets but mm. sort of like flitting between them and you realize as you get older how much that sort of that cone shrinks because when you're at school Mm. when you're at university you are um whether or not you want to or not you're forced to hang around with like a class full of kids that are completely different to you half the time Mm. and you will find your best friends and you will move through with them and when you go away from that like change as a person find new people who you choose to be with and come back to that friendship group it creates that weird dichotomy of like it's comfortable it's something you know but at the end of the day you could be a completely different person to that person that sits opposite you and i feel Mm -hmm. like that's that's lovely in a way because that's true friendship like that is looking past what your 
you actively look for in friends when you are an adult and you try to make them versus a friendship that was born out of a situation or bonded through an experience that happened mm-hmm. in formative years of your childhood. It's just, no, yeah, it's importance of friendship. No, totally. I mean, I, yeah, I adore Night in the Woods. Mm. I think, um, like, I just, if there's, a, there's a certain quality to that game. It's kind of got like a melancholic kind of feel to it where yeah. it's <clears throat> all about sort of attempting to live a bigger life, attempting to go to the city, go to university, attempting to make more of yourself from like a small little town mm. beginning and then needing that sort of comfort blanket of home. And like when you play as May, the character who's returning home for the first time and I think it's like a year or a couple of years yeah. um, after something's gone wrong when she's been in, in um, away from uh, like home or whatever. And I just love, like, because it was so relatable. Like I come from a small town. I've, I've moved to the city. I've done that life. And I know what it feels like to go back to my small town and see my old friends and talk to them and feel that comfort blanket and feel that warmth um, and that comparison of like, you know, what really matters in life. And I love stuff like that, that mm-hmm. breaks down, like, what are we really striving for? And what, how, what is the best way to live life and the meaning of life and stuff like that? And like I said, I feel like there's like a melancholic feel tonight in the woods and massive shout out to the music as well. Oh, it's um, beautiful. I forget the composer. It? But it's just a good, yeah, a really, really gorgeous atmosphere backed up by the soundtrack. Um, that was a game that I just lived in, like I genuinely just lived yeah. in. And there is like a, it was kind of sold as a horror, like there is like a horror element to it, especially towards the end that they see it at the very beginning. That but was, it's not really that kind of game. It was really weird that actually, because I remember seeing the trailers for it and I did feel <clears> a bit <throat> misled as to what it was, but I was so glad that I was in a way. It's one of those mm. few times where I'm like, I was happy I didn't get the experience that I thought it was going to be because mm. it turned out to be a better one. And I was like, yeah. I was surprised every single turn and I think that that, that, that um, horror aspect when they when they finally play their hand because basically at the very very beginning you find I think it's a severed arm it's like mm-hmm. a severed limb uh, in the middle of the town and everyone's like freaking out as to what the hell this is and what's going on and it's not until way later like that 8 hours 10 hours later out. that something finally comes back out and then you get the reveal of what's actually going on and I like what they do with that I like the commentary that that provides um, and I'm s- super vague but overall uh, yeah Night in the Woods I think if you've ever um, travelled a lot or if you've um, lived differently like you've lived in a certain economic space and then a different economic space. I think that it speaks to that very, very well. Yeah. Um, just, yeah, just massive shout out tonight in the woods. I think that game is gorgeous. It's funny, isn't it? We often talk about video games on this podcast and just in general that mm. seem to attune with us and they always seem to revolve around this idea of going through change of metamorphosis. Like it's looking at Celeste, it's looking at Disco Elysium, mm. it's looking at um, like, uh, what's, the, what's it called? Hell, oh, that's annoying. That's going to annoy me. The um, <laughs> Nordic game where you are a Viking woman who's trying Hellblade? to- Hellblade? that's the one I was thinking uh-huh. of. Like, it's about like coming to terms with something that has been either put upon the player or it's something that the character is going through. And mm-hmm. you come out the other side just learning more about yourself and the process. And mm-hmm. it's like, Night in the Woods is that game. It's about yes. just like actually thinking oh, you think you've gone out and changed yourself and your entire outlook on the world is better because you've gone and broken free from the small town. But is it? Like, but, well, but, and but, also, but, like challenging yourself, even yes. though you feel like you've made progress, is good from time to time. And I think there's that assumption, um, I don't know whether it's capitalistically or whether it's culturally or whatever, but there's that whole assumption of, okay, get get yourself out there, go get married, go do this yeah. stuff, go go crack on, go get a career, go go throw yourself into the churn, go do all this stuff. And that can be massively rewarding and it can work. Um, <clears throat> but also there is an importance to just taking a step back and going, okay, do I actually want this right now at this point in yeah. my life? Should I just take a minute? Um, and the, the value of taking a minute. And I think that those kind of things, that, like I said, that, that melancholic reflection, I just adore. Um, I've been playing through Citizen Sleeper, which is not to make it too much about that, but that has immediately become my second favorite game of the year. Really, um, just a gorgeous, gorgeous game um, that is all about life on the edge of space, as you play as like an android with a human consciousness, um, and that has the same kind of thing. The score is very disparate. The score is very.
very atmospheric and um, ambient. It's very like Blade Runner kind of music. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's just like, what is life in this space? And I think that the way that game makes you feel, um, some similar to Night in the Woods, uh, bits and pieces, um, just a great reflection on what am I doing and why am I doing it and making sure you're in the right headspace for it. And if you need yeah. to take a minute, you take a minute. Yeah, exactly. Um, Next question from Macalester NYC. What are some games that have uber longevity to you and what makes them hold up so well? Have an awesome weekend. Well, have an awesome weekend to yourself. Yeah, big love to your friend. I do routinely go back and play through Bioshock because I enjoyed mm. that game a mm-hmm. lot. I go back and play a lot of the old Resident Evil games as well because Child. it's just that feeling of, like I was talking about, core memories and experiences and seeing how they've changed. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a tough one because longevity you can describe in so many ways you can do it mm. does it have a lot of content does it have mm-hmm. a huge amount of replayability in the fact that you go through it again and again and again because i went through um like we were talking about elden ring just before the uh the podcast yes. started it's like going back through that again after sinking like 60 to 70 hours into it and it's just kind of like i still want to see what this uh, game has to offer i still think that i can get more out of it mm-hmm. and it's like I love games that provide me uh, new challenges in New Game Plus as well. Like any mm. game that's got a good New Game Plus is an absolute like, yes, let's yeah, go. Yeah, I think it's like if they find a way to make a game that ends and like obviously you have a story thing, maybe it's satisfying or whatever, but it also like re-loops you back into the start. Mm. It's like, okay, go do it again if you want and you'll be better at it. You'll have access to more stuff or whatever. Like that's something that, yeah, I'll just kind of keep churning through. I think the Spider-Man game from 2018 um, is super playable yeah. um, in terms of like the side mission stuff. For me, I'm just going to do a shout out to Ape Escape. I, uh, I've been oh, going yeah, back everyone's been going on about it I'm it's like so good. finally I mean, everyone's I, witnessing the glory of I Ape know, Escape and like that was the game that I got a shock for when I yeah. was a kid like and I loved it and that's the thing that was the game that I would always rebuy over the years I would always just get it again when I had access to a PS1 or a mate would have a PS1 that I'm living with or whatever and I would just get Ape Escape again and so then it's been a few years I haven't really played it across the 2010s um, but that was one of those games where I as soon as it was on the premium service I was like I can't wait to see this again mm-hmm. and um, other than the draw distance being horrendous it's like you might as well be playing in a cube <laughs> then other than that it plays so so well and it's just it's so charming apparently the American version um, had different had American voiceovers I oh yeah it did it was yeah. The, our voiceovers right. were awful like they are the <laughs> worst voice acting that I've ever heard just like hearing Spike talk is just like oh yeah. what are you on Go about catch mate? The it's, it's like have you just woken up from a coma like is this did somebody put the lines right in front of you see have you noticed in, this is a kind of a side point but have you noticed in all of the new Square Enix RPGs not all new ones because it goes back a few years but every Square Enix um, like English voiceover is like the chirpiest most like I'm from London yeah, style yeah, yeah. voiceover like, I was watching the trailer for the Deerfield or the Diafield Chronicles and that's the same thing and it feels like, like Final Fantasy 16 is it as well because the main dude's called Clive yeah. it's just like what are we doing when I heard that his name was Clive all I could think of was just all of the like villains and heroes out there that have just got dumb names and yeah. it keeps coming back to that point of psychic force from the PlayStation <laughs> 1 the main bad guy is called Keith and that um, is I mean, like just it just does not instill fear I in... would take Keith as a protagonist over Clive though the yeah, thing Clive's is like, a I, weird I keep... one like, to go with yeah it's a, it's a hard line to walk next question from you done messed up Aaron who says why is no one talking about the plucky squire it looks innovative and imaginative oh, AF man, I... I only found out this morning that game is from an ex-Pokemon artist like that game is looks it? incredible but yeah oh. I didn't realise it was someone who worked on Pokemon doing their own thing because when I first saw it and it goes through the sort of fairy tale book thing I was mm. like oh here we go another sort of like cutesy 2D platformer style mm. thing that maybe is going to act a bit like scribble noughts I, I couldn't really tell what the gimmick oh, what was game. but when he pops up out of the thing I'm like oh my 
God, this game is going to be brilliant. This is going to be brilliant. It's literally like toy soldiers, but with like a really oh. cutesy, like almost Kirby-esque charm to it. And I was like, yeah. oh, that's the one for me. Well, mate. the thing is, I love in Mario Odyssey sort of blending 2D, 3D stuff, like having a character yes. in 3D jump into a wall and then you're just playing a 2D game. It's like, why is there not more hybridization of that stuff? Like Nier Automata does it mm-hmm. at the beginning, but never really again. They did it and with um, like, yeah. a Link Between Worlds, but then yes. they only used it kind of as the transitionary thing uh, mm-hmm. and a few puzzles here and there like but the I feel idea like, was there like yeah. it, it feels like way more people should have capitalized on that and yeah plucky squire if anyone hasn't seen is like a storybook game where it just looks like an actual storybook like a child storybook opens on a table and it's just this really gorgeously designed artwork around the plucky squire this knight and um, then you jump off the page and it seems like they're doing a whole bunch of different genres and stuff mm-hmm. as the story goes on which is kind of what pixel story was going to be yeah and i know that that does kind of have a similar thing but for me I it didn't real blend. um it takes two vibes from this yes. as well because yes. i was like oh cool we've got like the oversized um, world we're gonna do like is there gonna be lots of sort of like using the world elements around you to do Mm. other things i was like it could be interesting as well to Mm. see if they how they utilize uh the pages because let's just say that we're going to be hopping back between the book and the 3d world mm-hmm. quite a lot what if like the page is in direct sunlight does that mean you can't read the certain bits God, of the platform? like what if it gets wet and rips off yeah. or something? and i was like there's a lot of like uh, there's a lot of experimentation that can be done with the actual tactile environment that you're playing in so mm. i was like that could be very good Definitely. Also, massive shout out to Hand of Fate. I feel like the oh, I um, love that game. Love I know, saying no one talks about Hand of Fate, but it's the, like it's a deck builder where you're building like the the cards that you have are story pieces. Yeah. You're laying down like, okay, I want to at some point in this shuffle, I want to visit a merchant or I want to do this fight and get XP or whatever. And then you get to see like like the card for an axe, and axe comes out of it as your yeah. character grabs it and stuff. Yeah, massive shout out to Hand of Fate. Hand I of Fate too actually so did a lot to improve the combat mechanics mm. of it as well. So it feels like a much more rounded out game, and mm-hmm. I love the the gimmick of the fact that you are like a soul traveling with this unknown figure who may or may not be death itself mm-hmm. sort of thing and then it's like you're going to play me uh, and when we finish playing then you'll be judged or there'll be something horrible or good will happen to you he's very like the merchant from resi 4 yeah and like, there's like yeah. a lot of sinister undertones which obviously culminate in this sort of like uh, the, the final boss of the game but you're like oh, okay this is there's a lot going on in such a yeah. simple game and i'm like it's, just, it's so cool i think if, if yeah if you're liking the idea of plucky squad and the idea of like stuff coming to life um, and you don't mind sort of like board game style mechanics alongside a Arkham combat system mm-hmm. then um, I would go and try um, Hand definitely, of Fate definitely final question from Zach who says what's the most ridiculous thing you guys have done to play a game mine might be buying an old 360 to track down a copy of um, Battlefields wait no what's the what's B, what's BFME 2 what am I BFME Battlefield Middle two. Earth Battle for Middle Earth too. Yeah, man. Is that I, that, that, okay, we can talk about that game, mate. Wait a minute, let me let me let me go back into if the, it's the one. I, um, if it's the one I'm thinking of, let me just double check. Battle for Middle Earth. Because I thought it was going to be uh, Battlefield, and I was like, oh, is it Bad Company? But then it can't be. <laughs> Battle Battle, let me see if Battle for Middle Earth. It is Battle for Middle Earth. Lord of the Rings the Battle is that for on Middle Earth 2. Yeah. And it oh, okay, is, sure. This, this game is a stonker, mate. I love this game, but we'll talk about okay, that. Okay, hold on. Let me. Okay, wait. Um, done to play a game. Mine might be buying an old 360 to track down a. Bleh. Mine might be buying an old 360 and tracking down a copy of Battle for Middle Earth 2 just for that game. Seriously, what a title, by the way. <laughs> I was like so buzzed when I heard that you were talking about this game because uh-huh. all I'll need to say to anyone who's played this is. 
tower upon tower upon tower upon tower <laughs> because literally the game comes down to it's like it's your classic sort of like rts style uh, game mm-hmm. but set in middle earth but there was one sort of play style that you could do where uh, on either faction where you would just build these massive stone towers that had archer points on the top and you okay. would just build wall upon wall of these so the enemies would have to churn their way through them while all the time getting shot and you mm-hmm. would need every single ounce of cheese that you uh, had to muster because <laughs> some of these were brutally difficult these levels okay oh, i love that I game that game I n- i've never played that I've never, i don't i don't play that much top down mm-hmm. sort of rts type stuff but two of my flatmates my roommates when i was in university did and they would just yell across the room at each other like they would have a pc set in one room <laughs> and then just across the landing to the other one um, and they were in the same game but then so i think you can work together in yeah, that yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. um so i mean they're geordie so this isn't gonna make much sense to people outside the northeast that one of my friends would just be like gollum's coming man gollum's coming you've got to watch out for gollum man. watch out for gollum <laughs> it's just hearing that at nearly all hours of the day especially when they've been drinking later on um for me um the craziest thing that i've done or whatever to get like access to games is just the steam deck that thing is half yeah. a grand because i really want to play psyops and def jam <laughs> fight for new york and burnout 3 and all these games all these licensed games that they will never make available again but i love it like i know i've been going back to auto model easter on the ps2 and stuff like that like i said things that will never get released again um but that is a ludicrous amount of money to access <laughs> my own memories i mean i think i could just point to my ps1 collection and just be like that mm. is the extent that i've gone to get some of these games because mm. monetary cost the time of tracking them down of constant right, ebay right. bidding wars just to get games that mean nothing to nobody <laughs> and it's just like <laughs> apart from the fact that i have them now it's like mm-hmm. you'll have no idea how hard fought i had to go through to get some working copies of uh, the original resident evil trilogy like they're not right. even that expensive but getting them in pristine boxes with manuals and stuff like that oh. is so hard to come by it would that- be like, though, it'd be like, find one. like missing the um the sleeve and you know what pisses me off the most <laughs> is when you see a game that you desperately want that you know in all fairness is probably fairly rare but it's mm-hmm. missing the insert of the actual like um the, the the box art cover on a ps1 right. jewel case and you're just kind of mm-hmm. looking at it like i can see the disc i can see the manual i know that all i really technically need to do is print off like a high quality res, <laughs> but it won't be the same as having it on no. that official piece of paper i had that with uh, my n64 where i when i got it a couple years back i was like i'm gonna collect the most pristine n64 collection possible and then i saw the prices for pristine and you were like (laughs) and i was like this is insane i did it once friends for mario 64 because i was like well certain titles need that prestige so i was like mario 64 ocarina of time and perfect dark they're all in perfect condition but then other stuff um is just sort of there like i've I've just got a cartridge for goldeneye i know that should be gold here yeah but i was it was like a hundred pounds for like better cardboard and i was like side by side i'll just take the cartridge for like 15 quid there's actually companies out there whose uh their entire gimmick is they make old cardboard sleeves Ooh. for n64 and for the like playstation one jewel cases and stuff like That's that but they're about sort of like 20 to 30 pounds per case right. and like it's worth it if you are like an uber collector but man that it can <laughs> rack up the price very quickly yeah i think the answer to most of this is going to be attempting to, to um, access old games outside of a game pass type service yeah. because unless you're doing the emulation thing it's going to be retro prices which is crazy i tell you what crazy. in terms of like the lengths that i went to in order to record some games though man mm. like trying to get some games working like with capture devices and stuff like that i remember having to buy an old PlayStation 3 that was able to play the PlayStation 1, 2, and 3 games, you know, the bread box mm-hmm. looking one. Then yes. I'd had to buy like a... I, I was trying to capture footage of No More Heroes 1, I think, that came out for the PS3. Okay. And mm-hmm. um, 
that was in itself was expensive getting mm. it to work with my very outdated at the time setup that was there was a pain in the ass and then only being able to capture it at like 720p i'm just like right, i was right. like oh this what am i even capturing it for like what is the point of doing this like but i think that there's something about accessing the old stuff yeah. that usually will carry like i mean i like to think i'd not played mario 64 all the way through until i was 30 i did, I did it as my 30th birthday thing and i will always remember um because my wife was away for a week and i just sat on the couch with that was mario you, was 64 that was done. with an n64 controller and i was like i still got to have that great experience of this game is great and the music's great and everything yeah. but yeah sometimes the uh, the old rush is worth it but <laughs> i i can't endorse throwing half a half a grand at psyops the man gate conspiracy no, probably not for as much as i adore it <laughs> but yes a massive thank you to everybody for sending in your questions um i forget what i what i say i say something about this being the ubp the ubp you do oh, say something UBP. about that p i've been scott tailford you've been jules gill i have indeed and check back next thursday for us posting out uh you, for asking for your questions unfortunately we didn't do it at uh, this week because of the fact we had so many in the we take trough that through. we just thought we'd get through some of the oldies and the goldies yes. why not you can find us on twitter i'm at slash lp89 and you can find me over there at retro j but the o is a zero beautiful thank you all again very much and we'll catch you next week bye bye everyone bye <laughs>